Homophobia in the church is so overt, so common, that if you say, I'm a Christian, you have to quickly add, but wait, I affirm LGBTQ because it's assumed you're homophobic. Well, what happened? How do people still in the non-affirming church not see this? How did the Christian church become so unlike Christ? And why is Jesus the biggest threat to Christianity? Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. I'm Robert Cottrell. She's Susan Cottrell. And we are so excited that you are back with us and we're so excited to be with you. Thanks for giving us this time in your heart and your life. We really appreciate it. We are going to talk today about if you hesitate or do you hesitate calling yourself a Christian? Many people that are listening to this either come from that background or are part of that now on an affirming basis and others certainly if you even if you haven't you I'm sure you've interacted with a few people that that do claim that. So why do people hesitate calling themselves Christian? I can't imagine why. Yeah. Well, homophobia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Homophobia and racism in the church is so overt, so common, such an underlying characteristic that you have to say, I affirm LGBTQ people oh, and, and Black Lives Matter, because if you just leave it at I'm a Christian, it's kind of assumed that you're racist and homophobic. That should send red flags flying. Here that to say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, but 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 I affirm LGBTQ people. I'm not a Christian like like you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, like you're thinking. So what happened? Where did the branding go so wrong? How did how did people miss it? And how did people still in the church not see it? This addiction to religion or the system that holds in its hand your self-worth, your eternity, community, your family. It's all tied together. There's so much at risk. And Jay Baker, who is the son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, by the way, good movie coming out called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I would encourage you to look at that. That's going to be kind of eye-opening as far as how she was very different from Jim and she was actually very inclusive and affirming. But Jay Baker said, people always want to put an asterisk after grace, but grace is anarchy. Wow. Grace is anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. When did grace become so so boring, so conditional, so exclusive? When did it stop becoming as radical an idea as it was when Jesus talked about it? There's a book in Australian. (laughs) In is English. That, what language is that? <laughs> right. But the, uh, uh, now. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have listeners in Australia, so you'll recognize that. It's called Christian Anarchy, which, you know, in, in American, we would say Christian Anarchy. But in Australia, it's Christian Anarchy, Christianity. And so it's the <laughs> anarchy of Christianity, of Christian, of Christ. <laughs> I just thought, I think I love that. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk a bit later about how different Christianity has become. Again, it's a branding issue, but well, it's not just branding. It's the core of what the, the rules-based, behavior-focused, non-affirming church is all about. And that's so unlike the Jesus that they claim to follow. And when, remember when it was part of the church to talk about, and those who were not affirming or the church is going to care for the poor, so there's no need for government support. I remember that. 
so, so clearly from our time in the evangelical church. But then what happened? The poor got poorer and the rich got, and the church got richer. And Jory Micah said that has a, I'm kind of pulled that from one of her quotes, but, but, you know, the church said, we'll care for the poor. And then the poor got poorer and the church and the rich got richer. And the evidence is so clear on this that, and I, I know that many of you out there, as we hear this a lot, are like, I can't believe I didn't see it when I was in the middle of it. I don't feel bad about that. I mean, that's just kind yeah. of the way, it's what happens when you're that's in the middle. That's what conditioning means. Yeah, that's right. Your box is sealed so tight that nothing could get in. And, and anything, everybody around you feels the same way. And anything that doesn't fit in the box is just labeled as, as heresy or whatever, and you just dismiss it. And oftentimes don't even see it. Yeah. So the evidence on this is so clear. You know, why don't people see it? Just the fact that you have to disclaim calling yourself a Christian should raise massive red flags as to the core teachings and beliefs of the church. Yeah, when you have to explain it, maybe it's, you know, we have to rethink that. Yeah, so why, and we've made this statement and we've written about this, that we believe that Jesus is the biggest threat to Christianity. The truth of Jesus is the biggest threat to Christianity. So you have thoughts on that and why, yeah, why yeah. is that? I mean, we look over our time after the girls came out, and we have been betrayed by those closest to us. We've been written about, and we've been shamed and judged. And we've written about being shamed and judged and shunned. And how faith, our faith is questioned, you know? And we've talked about how people have told us we're leading our children into hell. We're leading people into hell. We were told that by a couple of close close family members. And all of this, they say it in God's name that, you know, usually from those in the non-affirming conservative evangelical church. What's so offensive? What, why would they say that? Why would they say that to someone? Oh, my gosh, you're leading people into hell. What's so offensive about what we're doing? Yeah. What's offensive is our love, support, and advocacy for our daughters and the entire LGBTQ community. Yeah. They don't see yeah. it that way. They don't see it that way. It's offensive to defend the people on the bottom. You know, and these are people that we, honestly, we love dearly. And, yeah. and, and we miss some of them. We miss them a lot. Yeah, we love them all. We miss some of them. <laughs> <laughs> and what's amazing, too, is the price that this is. This has cost so much over the past, now going on nine years. Yeah. Now that of lost relationship, not just between us and these people, but these people and and our children and other family members, it's just what a price to pay because of this. Yeah, because we're loving too much. You know, and here's the thing, Rob and listeners, I know that they're just running a program. Yes. They've been taught and they've heard these things on Sunday mornings for decades. And honestly, we've talked about this. We forgive them. We forgive them because... We sound frustrated and, and we're not probably as frustrated with that as we sound. It's sad and we know you... So we're not you are, frustrated personally as much as the dilemma yeah. of this kind of situation for for all of us, for all of you listening. Yeah, yeah. And we've forgiven them. We do. We have. And we stand ready to reconcile. And like we have talked, we've shared, we've spoken a truth, we've shared resources, and then we've stepped away. Because there's nothing, Yeah. no reason to keep talking about That's it. That's right. That's exactly right. But, you know, they say their kids are struggling with, 
homosexuality or whatever. Well, this is funny because people struggle with a lot of things, a lot of things. I use struggle in quotes, you know that. Most of which could be condemned by scripture. If that's your goal, if that's the interpretation you're going to take from it. Right. We have been in situations with family and friends with whom we've been condemned and had to, but a blind eye is turned towards a lot of other things, you know? Yes. And those people are still welcome in the family and yes. in the church, and but not this. <laughs> That's what we get all the time is, I, you know, my whatever. All these other people in the family, I know all their secrets, and they're still <laughs> yeah. welcome. They're still at Thanksgiving. So what is it about this particular issue that causes such obvious, at least to most people out there, when you, as soon as you open up the box, but glaring blindness, hubris, hypocrisy, and anger yeah. towards those of us who are affirming. Because you've seen, I know, I mean, you've seen, I've seen the God hates gay sign. Yes. But I'm not sure we've seen God hates cotton blends. God hates women with no hats. God hates shrimp. God hates cross tattoos. Those don't. Those are all scriptures, by the way. Or, yeah, that's right. Those are all, all scripture. And I, I could go on and on and on and on and on and right. on and on. And for those of you who would not go to your child's gay wedding because you don't want to condone sin. To your gay child's wedding. I'm sorry. When I say <laughs> child's, child's gay, gay wedding. Well, yeah. A, a gay weddings Albert are, fits, are right. fabulous. <laughs> our, our, uh, our daughter, our son and daughter-in-law have a wedding planning business here in the Washington state doing very well. Uh, Cottrell and Co. events, by the way. That was an unpaid announcement. But they've done a couple of gay weddings recently, and they just fall in love with them. They're so fun and beautiful and creative. Anyway, yeah. so for those of you that would not go to your gay <laughs> child's wedding because you don't want to condone, quote, sin, again, I, I know I'm preaching the choir here, and we don't mean to. Sometimes we do this because we know it just never hurts to hear this again. Yeah. Because um, you may be hearing it again and again and again from those around you. But are you condoning divorce if you attend a wedding where one of them was married in the past? Or are you condoning premarital sex if they lived together before the wedding? Condoning drunkenness if they serve wine at the wedding to someone who's already a bit tipsy? Or gluttony to, to uh, you know, if they serve cake to someone that's a little bit overweight? I mean, yeah, imagine, I mean, imagine standing at the line serving cake and saying, oh, I'm sorry, you look like you are gluttonous. I'm not going to give you any cake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow, that would end the cruise business, by the way. Um, <laughs> and a lot of businesses. Yeah, a lot of businesses. But So they came to Jesus, the leaders came to Jesus with the same issue, basically saying, okay, all right, all right. There are a lot of laws, a lot of rules here. And again, we're talking today about, about how, how the church, how you, why you hesitate calling yourself a Christian, how it's the unchrist-like Christian church. So they came to Jesus and they said, you know, we got a lot of laws here. We got a lot of rules. So we could use your help. Which ones are really important? Which ones are really important? And he told them. Yeah. And for those of you who say, are there no absolutes anymore? That's essentially what the Pharisees and, and leaders of the time were asking. Which laws do we still keep? Which ones are important? Which ones are absolute? And Jesus answered them. Yep. You want, to, you want me to do yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. And I know we've talked we talk about this, but I want to just say it fresh out of the box here. And you really can't hear it enough, honestly. Yeah. Love God, love others. And all of the law and the prophets, everything else, all humanity is wrapped up in these two, which is, it's really one law, love. But love God and love others. And Paul also addresses this a little bit too, because they kind of approached Paul with these things. Yes. 
as well. And he he uh, echoed that. Yes, yes. When Paul's read correctly, he echoes everything Jesus said. And go back and listen to our episode about Paul, by the way. Yeah. He's doing something different. He's navigating this fledgling little group through an oppressed, occupied territory, you know, where they live. And so he's trying to get everybody not killed. Naturally, he's going to have more information to help them stay out of harm's way. But those to a specific group at a specific time have been what's been pulled out as Christianity. We follow Paul, not Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, because Jesus was way too open-ended for, for rule givers. He's just said love. If, it, if it's not love, you don't get to do it. And that's hard to monetize, by the That's way. hard to monetize. It's hard to monitor. It's hard to, hard to control. Yeah. It's hard to gain compliance with. And Paul talked about something called disputable matters in Romans 14. Yeah. And these were things that were cultural and things that we just don't understand. Or like we, eating meat sacrificed to idols. When was the last time you did that? Yes, that's right. Things we misinterpret. And he answered that too. He said, the Spirit of God will teach us and guide us in all things, each of us personally, individually. That yeah. relationship to the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's leading in our lives was and is the ultimate authority. That's the, what? what? The leading of the Spirit on our lives is the ultimate authority? Whoa, that's that, what it says. That is so, we've been taught that that's so untrustworthy. We're going to echo what we talked about last week because we're doing three weeks in a row here about theology. But you can trust your heart. You can trust the Spirit. Jesus said the Spirit will lead you in all truth. Now, for those who pop up with the verse about the heart is wicked, deceitfully wicked, who can know it? You know that's not what the Word is? Deceitfully wicked is not the Word? A correct translation. Yeah, it's deep. The heart is deep. Who can know it? That's a correct translation well, that's for completely that. completely different. That's completely different. So anybody that says, your heart is deceitfully wicked, who can know it? First of all, they're saying it from their deceitfully wicked heart at you. So what do they know, <laughs> right? Just saying. Uh, just including the pastors. But that wasn't even the word. It's the heart is deep. Well, yeah, every day I discover new things about myself. My heart is very deep, and yours too. And that's a very different thing. And that's used to kind of counterbalance, to shred what Jesus said, which is you can trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. Mm -hmm. You will know. And I know you read this, but I tell you this. And so that leads us up to... Yeah, because that's talking about the Bible's authority. What about the Bible? Is is the Bible the ultimate authority? No. No, it's not. It's you read this, and I tell you this. And it's a very different thing. And the idea of the Bible being the ultimate authority and this inerrant, literalistic Word of God, Word of God, is recent in the last 150 years. So let's not get carried away with that. Speaking of Paul as well, he confirms the authority of the Spirit in the New Testament, doesn't he? Yes. What does he say? Yeah, he says, if your conscience does not condemn you, i.e. the Holy Spirit, does not prick you and say, hey, don't do this, then you're okay with God. Then you're okay with God. Wow, that's that's huge. Yeah. And that I'm always thinking of the caveats. That does not mean that if you, you know, go out on a date with somebody of the same gender and your back of your mind is all, oh my God, this is a sin. Oh my God. That is not the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's that that's is, the voices of all the non affirming people. That's and, right. And that's the all false of your conditioning. That's your conditioning. So in line with the Holy Spirit leading you. You have to let the Holy Spirit kind of flood in and fill up, like like turning a 
light on in a darkened room to fill up and push out all of that conditioning. So that, I hope that makes sense. And as always, if you have questions or something, please email us, podcast at freedhearts.org. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it sounds like a free-for-all, but oh. in a way, it's a free-for-all when you don't have a guiding principle of love. I think it sounds free for all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Is it a free-for-all or free-for-all? Free for all. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. I was just thinking, <laughs> as you said that, the more... I deconstruct my faith, deconstruct and get unconditioned of all these things and, and learn the more I open that box, the more that doesn't sound like a free-for-all. It sounds peaceful yes. and simple. Yeah. And it's easy to understand. It's easy to think, yeah, I'm loving others and I'm loving God and I'm okay. And I'm loved. And I find a lot of peace in that. So I find yes. it free for all. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. And that's how Jesus lived, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of life, that kind of yeah. simple walk is how Jesus lived. And, you know, it's so different from most of what we grew up in, yeah. in our church lives, if it's a non-affirming church. That's why Jesus is, is a threat to Christianity is because what he, yeah. what he taught, what he lived, what he modeled is so different. Different. Modern Western non-affirming Christianity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm just clarifying there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thank you. Because there are a lot of good churches that are affirming that are doing great, great work, and I don't say that often enough because it's not like you know you go into the doctor and you say, yeah, 99% of my body is is great, but this one, my arm is broken. Okay, well that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I'm talking about the the really broken part. Yeah, we're not attacking or condemning or standing. We're standing against or coming against the church. It's the non-affirming church. And we've talked about this because we view this issue as a deal breaker. Because if a church or a denomination or a belief system can say, because of this, you're gay wow. or something else, because of anything, but because of this, you are not included. That means they don't get it. Yes. They don't get it. And they're, it's almost like, okay, they're out. They're so, not part of the Jesus following church because they don't quite, or they don't at all understand. Yeah. I love this. I want to, I want to reemphasize this because it's really good how you said that, that we noticed when our girls came out, it became a deal breaker for the church, for our involvement with the church. We knew right away we would not be not fit the same way as we did before. And so being gay and all of you who are LGBTQ in this position, you know, it became a deal breaker for you. Everything centered on if you could be straight or not. Well, Rob just turned it on its head the way you just said that, saying it's a deal breaker for the church. If a church is non-affirming, then it is a deal breaker. They are, they are not a church for you to invest yourself in and listen to what they say. Because, you know, being gay should should just be one aspect of the whole spectrum of humanity. And it became a deal breaker for the church against you who are gay. But we're turning this around and saying, no, it's a deal breaker for the church. Whether I'm gay or not doesn't even matter. But your position on being gay or trans or bisexual is a deal breaker for you because you've drawn a line on who's not acceptable 
by God, who God doesn't accept and therefore who you don't have to accept. So we're shifting that. We're flipping that deal breaker. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a brilliant way to flip that. And when a church takes that position and then claims that they're following Jesus or they're Christian, yeah, no, it, that doesn't, <laughs> they're not. And, and that's a heavy statement because there are a lot of churches that will sing that have very slick and very huge yeah. attendance and Jesus, Jesus, this, Jesus, that, Jesus, this, Jesus, that, but they won't accept it. And it's just, it's Jesus clickbait at that point. Yes, you know, that's and, right. and they don't, and we're taking Jesus back. Is your church using Jesus as clickbait? I yeah. love that. <laughs> you know, and, and so it is, that's a heavy statement, but it's true. So, and we, every day, every day we see the pain and the betrayal that comes from this. Yeah. As the focus is on, quote, behavior and rules instead of on, on relationship and on people. And to do that, it absolutely misses the heart of God. Yeah. It, it misses the heart of the gospel. It is to be fully inclusive, fully affirming and, and inclusive is not to betray the gospel. It's to believe the gospel. Yes, yes, yes. And it's interesting how so much of the behavior that's really bad behavior, like abusing of the children and hamstringing women by not letting them participate. These are egregious behaviors that are ignored. And so if you want to focus on behavior, it needs to be the bigger, you know, things that are really hurting the less powerful. Yeah. And we've talked about this, the things that are destroying family and the church, rejecting them, kicking them to the street, condemning them to hell. hell. Yeah. Yeah. Calling them an abomination, all of these things, saying they're an embarrassment to the family. All this leads to tragic substance abuse, homelessness. And stunningly high suicide rates. It's just sickening. It really is. And we believe, we've said this for a long time. Here's the hope here. Yeah, we believe that the pews and the pulpits are filled with people whose hearts are troubled by all of this. They know this is not right. And they know there has to be a better way. And those pews and pulpits are shrinking in numbers. Yeah, and there are a lot of growth in the non-affirming church. There is not growth in the non-affirming church. The churches that are growing now and thriving are the inclusive churches. Yes. And so there's people who are sitting in pews and pulpits going, wait, 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 I'm listening to this teaching that you're saying, and you, you say you're Christian, but you're not Christ-like. You say you follow Jesus, but that's not Jesus. My heart's troubled with this. They're leaving. And the numbers in those pews and pulpits are shrinking, including pastors. They're leaving those churches because to follow Jesus is to follow a gospel of lavish inclusion. That's what it means. Yeah. And that's why Jesus is the biggest threat to Christianity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that's why so many people will hesitate to even say the word Christian now because the branding, what that's known for out there is this homophobia, this non-inclusion, the hypocrisy, the, all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, I'm not that kind of Christian. Right. You know? Well, think of it. I always think of it this way, that it, during the Reformation, when Catholic, which means universal, meaning it was the only game in town, if you were a Christian person, it was Catholic. When Protestants, the protesters, started to chip away at that, then at that point, and somebody said, are you a Christian? You'd be like, well, I'm not a Catholic Christian. I'm a <laughs> Protestant. I'm not a universal so far Christian, but I'm a someone who's protesting that. 
And that's where we are right now. That's exactly what it is. Well, I'm this, not a, a carpet on the floor, Kristen. I'm a hardwood on the floor, Kristen. You know, I'm, <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm, pick any block in your res, or in any one mile area in your residential, residential neighborhood and count how many churches are around you. Yeah. And they're all divided over these little things like that. They're, it's, they're missing, we're missing it. And I just want to say that this starts with you and how you see yourself. Yeah. You know, um, lavish inclusion, it starts with you. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of tell you what our friend Chris Kratzer said. He's a really spectacular writer. Yeah. We, yeah. And he, he said, the church lied to you. People lied to you. Teachers lied to you. Family lied to you. Pastors lied to you. You lied to you. I'm going to give you the gospel in six words. There is nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. Wow, that's so good. Can you hear that? Can you let that in? Do that again. Yeah. The gospel in six words. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah, the church lied to you. People lied to you. Teachers lied to you. Family lied to you. Pastors lied to you. You lied to you. Yes. Nothing wrong with you. And again, Chris, you always put things in an amazing way. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It reminds me of Goodwill Hunting when Matt Damon says, you know, and Robin Williams, the therapist. Ben Affleck, says, I think. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Robin Williams says to him that as a therapist, this is not your fault. It's not your fault. And, and Matt Damon says, I know, I know. And he says, no, this is not your fault. And he, He's, I know, I know. And he says it to him like a dozen times until Matt Damon is, is finally in tears. Like it finally broke something through. And I want you. <laughs> yeah. As Press pause want, and go back and play this again. Well, go to the mirror. To go to the mirror. Very good. And look at yourself and say, there is nothing wrong with you. And if you feel, yeah, with me. And if you feel you in the mirror, and if you feel any quiver inside, like that's hard to believe or whatever, you just say that again and again and again and again and again till the tears come, till the crack opens up, until that blossoming flower inside blooms out and says, okay, I think I maybe can believe this. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. We'll wait. No, we won't. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that, that. Seriously, do that. There is, this is like, nothing wrong with you. That's yeah, the entire is, gospel in six words. This will really free you. And so the branding issue, why so many people, well, that right there, so many people can't call themselves a Christian because that's not the message of Christianity right there. It's actually, there's something wrong with you is a message. So that's the core reason of why we hesitate so much. But in this, what's happened over time, a lot of this somewhat recent history is when you think of the non-affirming, ultra-religious, rules-based Christian church, they have a problem because, and this is also from Chris Cratcher, by the way, this list, I just love this. They have a problem because unconditional love is seen as radical. Poverty mm -hmm. is seen as a lack of individual character. Individual wealth is seen as the great success. Mm -hmm. Equality is seen as the enemy. Injustice is seen as profitable. Honesty is seen as heroic. Economic altruism is seen as being irresponsible. Spiritually justified hate is seen as faithfulness. Lying is seen as acceptable. 
Jesus is seen as political. Science is seen as an obstacle. Supremacy is seen as victory. And evil is seen as good. And on that wow. last one, I want to expand on that one here because wow. we, we soak that in for I a second. Know, wow. Okay. We, uh, I want to expand on that last one because we hear, and I know you've heard, you're turning what's evil into good. No, this is another one. I'm going to flip the script here. No, what's evil is the lack of love and inclusion and acceptance. That's what's evil. And the non-affirming Christian church is calling that good. That's what's the problem here. Yes. Wow. So the non-affirming church, now the non-affirming church, as we call it, has really become the loudest, often most organized voice in Christianity. It's what people think of. Most people, when it's what they think of when they think of a Christian. So that's it's shifting. That's, that's shifting. It is shifting. It is shifting. It is, and it's no wonder that so many people really hesitate calling themselves a Christian. They choose something like Jesus follower. We're not saying this, by the way, to encourage you to call yourself a Christian. That is not our point at all. No. We're just unpacking. This is part of deconstructing yes, all of this. Yes, that's right. That's right. We have no investment in how you identify yourself, uh, no. except that you are free from fear of God that was put inside of you by yeah. others. Spiritual, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just need to know in your heart that you're loved. You are loved by God, by the universe, however you define that. Yeah. You're all, you, there is nothing wrong with you, period. And it's very revealing out there. That's what we're trying to do is bring light here to help you see through some of these things that we know you face every day from the culture, from family, from friends to help you see, to reveal that Christian and Jesus follower have become two very different things. Yeah. The, the concept of Christian yeah. and Jesus follower, yeah. two very different things. Yes, so. yes, yes. So. All right. Well, that's kind of all. <laughs> uh, it's like they say, it's time to take our Jesus back. The non-affirming church isn't even using him. <laughs> Did someone say that to you? Yeah, I, I saw it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking my Jesus back. The church isn't even using him. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And anyway, we love you. We love you. We, we will love you. we will sign off now so you can head to the mirror and, and say, say there, there is, is nothing wrong with, with you. Me. <laughs> You're looking in the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror. That's why. We're oh, that's right. Well, that's what I mean. I okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that again. Okay. So we're ending this, so you can go to the mirror and say, "There, there is nothing wrong with you. you. You are beloved. We love you. We love you. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid? Someday, so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner, and you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.